Soon enough, I'll have something else to listen to. You don't want to get caught with it. Well, they'd hang me, wouldn't they? Take me up Rick's Road and hang me in the square. Wouldn't be the first time, would it? Isn't that where they hung your father? Who are you? What is this? I said I know you. I know all about you. Yes, I want the box, and I'll leave with that if it's all I can get. I came looking for something more, and I think I found it. I'd like you to come with me. How do you know about me? I was hoping for a more relaxed conversation, but you're right, we don't have time. Contrary to what you told me, I doubt that you'll be sticking around. I know you killed two corpus at Molana One, and I know they're coming for you. Seems like such a waste to let them have you. Waste of talent. Who are you? That's the wrong question. The right question is, how much time do we have to get out of here? Why would I go anywhere with you? Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? We're approaching 200 hours of Star Wars on film. Star Wars binge where we select order and elevate the best 40 hours in the Star Wars canon. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and in Denver is the Daniel Mothershed, playwright, actor, and pop culture enthusiast. That's true. This is the sound of my voice. We are joined again by the fantastic TJ Wilson. I've introduced you in the past in a variety of ways. What was it? I said once that you were a lover of all things pop culture, and then we had a 20-minute discussion about what you didn't like in pop <laughs> culture, so I'll avoid that one. But TJ That's is fair. a personality-typing <laughs> expert and consistently has the best opinions, uh, with uh, the obvious exception of Daniel Mothershed, about things in pop culture. Eh, even, I, even I'm not going to give myself that, but that's cool. <laughs> Well, and I'm interested to see what happens. I, I feel like an outlier on, in, regarding what we're what we're approaching. So, I'll, we'll see if if you still feel that way at the end of this. The Crown season five. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, I had a fantastic morning. I just got done watching one of the best. I mean, uh, for me, I, I haven't even had time to think about lists. The three episodes of Andor I just watched culminating with episode six is some of the best star wars i've ever seen we will end up talking about that but i'm excited to talk to you fellas about yeah. uh, all the things well, i've i've absolutely loved andor i mean it's 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 the most st- excited about star wars i've been in a long time i have things to say <laughs> i will save them it's well, it's we, nice to be excited we, about it too. Any of the Star Wars stuff, even the stuff I don't like re- that I've seen recently that, that that has been released in the last like forty eight hours, I'm still excited about. So it's nice to be energized by mm-hmm. the property again. Because Jeff, you and I talked about this off <clears throat> off mic, but the last episode we recorded was pretty pretty bleak in pretty terms down. of pretty look at looking for it's. I feel like I finally understand what it's like to be a. Um, a fan of like a sports franchise where it's man i continually am disappointed by this every single week but i keep watching maybe it'll be better this week it won't but you know i on the flip side and this is where we're gonna start i, I would love to do just a a, a great big fifteen thousand feet up how you feeling about the future of star wars because i have turned uh significantly in the last two months uh, since Kenobi came out, and there's a lot to discuss. And I, I heard this, and perhaps this will set up our just a, a discussion up front. It's the 10-year anniversary of Disney taking over uh, Lucasfilm. And so we have had a handful of properties that have come out. We've had Rogue One, we've had the sequels, had Solo, had The Mandalorian, got some Boba Fett in there, got some Kenobi. And then we've had Tales of the Jedi and Andor being released here recently. That gives a good picture, I think, like, as sports teams go, sometimes it takes years for you to know who you drafted. You know, sometimes it takes years to realize, you know, do you have the people in the right spots in terms of coaching, in terms of the the principal players that you have? And being a Bronco fan, I know what it's like to have been celebrating a Super Bowl six years ago and be just in the absolute quagmire of quagmires in terms of sports ball 
today. Yeah, the su- the superstore of football teams now. What what could be bad? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Uh, Thirty thousand feet up. What is it that is enjoyable and worth building on? What is it that you hope is coming next? Spinning this positive for a second. There's all sorts of stuff to critique, but there's also all sorts of things to to say. This this is the thing I want more of. You know, here's where you need to build. These are these are your real strengths. Uh, what what are some of the things that come to your all's mind? Uh, I like. I really enjoy stories that kind of move away from the Force and and the Jedi because I don't feel like the last couple of things have done that really well, which is particularly why I've enjoyed Andor so much, and it's particularly why I enjoyed like Solo and Rogue One as much as I did. The the stories about the Empire and and how we got to the point that we're in in the original three films, that kind of desolate sort of despotic world that those stories exist. Yep. Those were the things I really liked as a kid watching Star Wars. So it's kind of fun to go back to that. I'd love to see more of that. On, I mean, just in terms of these last two shows only, uh, Tales of the Jedi and Andor, which we're going to be talking about, they are talking about contemporary politics now. And if oh, you're yeah, looking totally. for a through line, that's they, they're all of a sudden saying, we need to talk about how authoritarian institutions emerge and they have the opportunity to say once they collapse what do you do with uh with the mandalorian because mandalorian is told at a time after the fascist regime has imploded so what what do you do in that vacuum and i'll let you know in like five (laughs) years (laughs) okay keep my fingers crossed on that one um uh, but so much of this <clears throat> shows a lot of here's the heart set mindset, even the sympathetic side to those who are going to be empowered, indoctrinated, and and run, you know, the fascist institutions and in where they're coming from. That does that seem like like a grounding center of energy for the story they're telling? Yes, and. <laughs> You better do it well. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how much I want to reveal about like my big points about both of these shows. But the, it it seems like this, like the yes, the the story that they told in the that Lucas told in the initial ones had so much to do with contemporary politics. Mm-hmm. Even even the prequels, there was an awful lot of contemporary yep. politics woven into that for good or bad um and and sort of returning a little bit to that formula i think is it it th- this can be a great way to give uh depth and nuance and 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 like like have real conversations while also talking about spaceships and and androids sure. and like like give give us an interesting way to see into these things that we're only screaming about on twitter currently for now and yeah for now uh the i i think there's a very good opportunity here to do really interesting material if they focus on that but they also have to make sure that they're telling their story that way because if it's just a bunch of vignettes of like different ways to talk about politics we already have lots and lots and lots of ways to talk about politics sure so how does the star wars universe show us politics like if if they're making material that's just about here's here's what modern politics look like in a different lens, I don't I don't want to watch that. I do want to watch Star Wars, and they can talk about modern politics. Well, because that's what like fairy tales to are meant to do, and that is right in its simplest form what Star Wars is like. You you watch a you watch a fairy tale or a morality play or a or a fantasy series like Game of Thrones because you want to see you do want to see contemporary issues done in a really interesting fun way as well if if you want to just watch a take on politics you watch colbert or seth meyers or 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 something like that to to creatively talk about what's happening but that's not it's not television right i suppose the value coming out of these two uh shows for me was it's exposing the heart of those who are entrapped and attracted to give their 
power and allegiance to authoritarian forms. And that I found that very, very helpful. I also think, to just backtrack a little bit, what I really like about Tales of the Jedi and Andor is it, it feels, a, they both feel a little risky and a little um, mm. provocative. And I don't mean in like a, like a, ooh, sexy kind of way, but, but just in like a, they're not, the, the, the three films Force Awakens on feel very much like just being given candy. Like candy is fun, but it's not, it's, there's no nutritional value to it. Whereas these feel a little bit risky. There are comments in here. There are observations in here and, and just sort of saying, looking at the last 10 years and projecting 10 ahead, I would love to see more, more risks taken with Star Mm, Wars and less like, can't we just make what we've been making for years? Like it works for Coke. It works for McDonald's, but it doesn't work for these types of stories. It, right. it seems to me, I hope it's the case that they feel a little permission to hit back when the governor of your state attacks your company and you say, okay, well, I will show you how much power I have in the popular media if you're going to go down that road. I hope they, I hope they punch people in the mouth in yeah. a very creative, aggressive, let me expose you and show you what you look like with no clothes and how despotic your philosophy is when it's actually realized, embodied, and takes over all of the assets that we have collectively built over the last 250 years. And it feels like now it's a really good time to do that because, as you said, Jeff, they are being kind of vilified by groups of people like that. So it's like, great, you've you've already upset those people. Now start telling provocative, interesting stories, whether it's through Star Wars, whether it's through Marvel, whether it's through Pixar films, whatever. Like now start to do crap that matters to this century. Well, and and as we as we can see watching the property evolve over the last 10 years, that it it finally feels like the material that they're putting out is not 100 percent fan service. Yes. Like, I love The Force Awakens. I really, really like it. And part of why I really like it is because it reminds me so much of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the second movie happens, and we have things to say about the second movie. And then the third mo- movie happens, and it's like, the third movie was just, it's such a mess. Such a mess. And there was so much that didn't work. And because so much of it was written to remind you of what hap- what you experienced in the past. And then The Mandalorian yeah. came out. And it's a story about a character that, like, basically it's a whole story that reminds us that we loved the Boba Fett toy. <laughs> and then, like, Solo is a reminder of how much we like Han Solo. I think there's and more there Rogue for One, Mandalorian, I, by the way. I also like, I disagree <laughs> I, I on Solo no, too. But, <laughs> but, but they're like, like so much of what they're doing through the last 10 years is like, remember how you felt when you saw these things the first time? Sure. Let us, let us revive that feeling and, and not necessarily like taking risks, drawing our attention to new aspects and, and like moving things forward. Yeah. While watching this, the the thing that kept coming to my mind when watching Andor was that you know I kept thinking to myself, you know what the sequels were? They were watching the Rolling Stones go on tour when they're seventy two, mm. and what True. Andor is is it's saying I love rock and roll, and I'm going to show you how the backbeat works, and I'm going to show you what mm. it looks like to play this sucker down in a way that engages the hearts of people so often with you know you can play the hits that hit you when you were 18 or you can write new rock and roll charts with new lyrics that pierce you and cut the moment and remind you damn i love being alive and at least for me that was that was my experience of the sequels versus some of the stuff that's being has been released here in the last two months yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Bang. Another thing, uh, just uh, worth building on. I'm glad we got like that. Was like a fresh, intense uh, <laughs> place to start. The thing I was thinking is, man, I love animation. Mm. Cartoons are fun. One of the best superhero movies to to ever come out was Aaron of the Spider Verse. I think 
I think for those who like blog podcast or blog still a thing mm. who have websites, I think Spider-Verse probably is a top five comic book movie for many, many people who are doing that sort of nerd culture stuff. But the animation has power, ability. I, I've said this in the past. I have a projector in my basement, which throws about 110, and it is enormous. And watching the stuff that they produced with Tales of the Jedi, I sat there just saying, this is a work of art. I might as well be standing at a museum in Chicago, taking it all in, and just living in the imagery. Watching Tales of the Jedi, all I saw was potential. I know what they were going for in terms of these very small vignettes, but I'm watching that just thinking, this is potential, 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 potential all day long. These probably aren't that expensive. And if if they, they like I, I have said this to Daniel, I don't know if you know this, TJ, but um, Tales of the Jedi, the trailer, got twice as many views as the Mandalorian trailer for season three. Mm. More people sure. were interested in going back to the Star Wars animation by mm -hmm. twofold. And we want, it, for me, it's the stories are still there. There's a huge X-Men, you know, size bullpen of characters to pull from and tell the stories for. I'm speaking out both sides of my mouth on this one because on one front, I do want them to expand the universe. I do want them to venture into other times on the timeline. But on another front, there is so much to be told as well. And animation might be a great place to do it. Right. And and one of the things that I was specifically thinking about, like the, like Tales Tales of the Jedi is stunningly pretty. Mm -hmm. It is it is so good. I'm glad you, you specifically told me. I was planning on watching it on my big TV anyway, but I'm glad you said that because it reminded me that like, oh yeah, I need to I need to pay attention to what this looks like. And as I was watching it, 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 it just I was reminded over and over again how much easier it is to to tell really good stories and and to do things that you, that you can't do with with full film. Like if if these were six 15 to 20 minute live action episodes, it would have been crazy expensive. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Because the the special effects that were needed, the voices, like they, like how much cheaper is it for them to to animate these characters and have Liam Neeson, Ian McDermott, Bryce Dallas Howard in one episode, yep. <laughs> like then to have them in a room together, <laughs> right, yeah. right, and especially considering how old Ian McDermott and Liam Neeson are, but the and how bright, how tall Bryce Dallas Howard is compared to, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just... and and. Like I was also specifically thinking about the the lightsabers. Like I feel like we've talked about this before. It might have been just you know casual conversation, but but talking about the lightsaber battles in the Clone Wars, Rebels, and uh, Tales from the Jedi, Tales of the Jedi, these the battles in them yep. are are so interesting. And like I was specifically thinking about watching Dooku hold his lightsaber. You can animate that in a way that you literally can't do a live action because they have to use actual things to fight in live action and you animate the 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 fancy laser sword. But it, it like if you were holding a laser sword, it wouldn't have any weight to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it like the the thing that is actually pro projecting is light. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's a handle and, and, and a they rod, can yeah. hold it and move them in animation in ways that you can't simulate in live action. I I unfortunately don't can't don't have a projector. I was watching everything on my laptop, but the nice thing about that is I can get very close to that, and it's looking <laughs> at looking at all of the characters. They look like paintings. The animation style, mm. the way they color the characters, like they look almost hand-painted, and I love that about this animation style. It's so pretty. Yeah. Animation, I think this is correct. We haven't hit these yet, so these are, uh, I'm, I won't spoil them, but four of the best uh, lightsaber duels in my mind, which we haven't covered in the binge yet, end up taking place at the beginning of season five and in the end of season six. Both of these are Palpatine battles. 
Um, yeah. And so getting to see Palpatine with a lightsaber is mm. really interesting, and they execute it so well. And then the other two end up being in Rebels. And one of the things that they did with, and we'll get to this in a minute, but with, with the Yaddle um, Dooku fight is they made it very brief. And mm-hmm. they do that in Rebels. Um, there is a Kenobi um, lightsaber battle that's very brief. And th- just elegant and really f- it, it makes it so much more full of meaning of all all things to have it be just bang, bang. And then you're like, we're going back to the character moments and we're going back to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You see that this person won, this person lost, and that's all you need. And it took two seconds and and you're like oh okay we're we're moving forward you know i think that that is a tool they can build on indefinitely like if you go back to attack of the clones which i know that you guys have watched uh every year on the year uh episode two (laughs) i was actually watching it before we began this uh, (laughs) zoom call so yeah (laughs) there they have the the jedi you know battling in the arena you know and it's just if you did that with animation, if you had a, Wait, an actual army of Jedi who were battling all together, there's the arena battle in episode they, two at the end. They come to save uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And this is the scene where, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, where they, um, it's where, where Queen Amidala is in like the tennis outfit yeah, exactly. and, yeah. and you see Boba Fett or you see Jango Fett get his head lopped off, right? Correct. That's, it's yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The sexual awakening, awakening of an entire generation. I admitted that to you in confidence, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not saying anything that other people don't already know. <laughs> we were all there. <laughs> if you, uh, I don't know that they did this in Clone Wars, and they certainly didn't in Rebels. Having the field of Jedi, you know, battle something. It's it just it, it's not very common. And so, anyway, the ability to do lightsaber battles with multiple force wielders is something that can be visually done and would be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. In uh, just to to move to a different thing, if you're doing Tales of the Jedi, I assume in their the back of their mind is we need to do Tales of the Sith. These are very easy to complement. They already have kind of a complementary nature to these six episodes, but. We haven't seen Palpatine's origin story. If these, if that's the function of these, mm-hmm. Palpatine's origin story probably needs to get told, and so does Maul's. And both of them are very interesting as far as I know them. You know, hmm. that you could film them in these sorts of styles, and I'm in for that. I don't know that that's the most important thing, but future Star Wars-wise, the possibilities for animation are, are fairly robust. And I don't know. I haven't heard anyone say, you know what they need to stop doing is cartoons. <laughs> I saw I saw nobody say that. Well, Disney's never going to say that. So I, I don't think you have to worry. <laughs> Correct. You know what? Let's shoot this in the head. We're done. We're done. <laughs> well, and, and like the, the thought of having a Palpatine origin story, that I, I am on the record as being a, a, a Palpatine fan i'm a big fan of sheev palpatine and i would love to see more of him in any format and also realistically they might do a good job showing us that stuff in a cartoon and if they did it in a live action it would feel an awful lot like the book of boba fett which i didn't watch or obi-wan which i did not like you're either getting a new actor you're making uh ian mcdermott look like he's 50 years younger or which is a mistake which doesn't work people need to yeah. stop doing that it's a mistake stop doing it the irishman is trash <laughs> you heard it here first the <laughs> an- animation ends up being a phenomenal option to tell some stories of one of central characters if you're going to yep. go down that road and i'm here for it and i mean i i know it's the case like episodes from uh clone wars were costing they're costing a million dollars a million two million dollars to do these that's a heavy investment. Yeah. It's they had something in the neighborhood of 3 million downloads, I want to say, of those trailers. I mean, Damn, that's sure. got to be just easy money for for folks who are like, you know what, I'm I'm in it to 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 watch the new Star Wars content. And mm-hmm. you have I'm sure it's the case there's hundreds of talented 
animators out there who would love nothing more than to invest in these sorts of properties. So could even just shift some of the people who are unhappy with Marvel over to Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, what is Pixar doing recently? Move, move some of those guys over too. <laughs> I mean, a lot still, but Wait, what was the last Pixar <laughs> thing that came out? Oh, was it Soul? I think was the last reason. thing I saw. There was a Toy uh, yeah, Story it movie. Wasn't the most recent. See, you're proving my point here that we're actually scouring the internet at this moment to to. Yeah, like you can't remember. <laughs> Lightyear. Lightyear. Oh, of course. I'm I'm not trying to disparage Pixar. I I think it's the case that there's lots of really, really talented artists who would love, love, love to create this sort of stuff. And in theory it it's content that doesn't cost a lot. Yeah. Um I'll tell you what I wanna See, if they did animation, I re- we've said this a handful of times, but if they do the Vader comic stuff, which which is just, let Vader loose. Give us give us a film. Give us a two-hour film or give us a, a set of shorts mm-hmm. just showing us Vader for a while. Uh, like, the Vader comics, they work. They really do. And there's no reason to not let one of the best villains that's been on film release them on this front like because you can you can figure out how to do a james earl jones style voice well and there's there's 50 years worth of people imitating his voice yeah so we could probably find someone who could do it pretty well another thing that would be worth capturing especially since they're building it up with ahsoka is to do the thrawn stuff the the thrawn stuff is incredibly interesting and that's just a great character um, the last thing, and I don't, I would love your all's thoughts on this. There are stories to be told in my mind between Episode Four, New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back. There's mm. like between each of those things. Like there's, there's clearly a time gap, and during that time in the comic books, Vader discovers that Luke is his son. So mm. there's, some, I think there's a story, there's a set of stories. I bet a season worth of animation where you could do the resp- like the imp- you need to show that the empire felt like it got hurt like significantly hurt somebody mm. punched them in the face hard they're down and they're like okay we need to regroup figure this out and move forward as well as the rebellion is on the move you know they're they're moving to hoth they're moving to this planet they're moving to that planet vader is finding out he had an intuition that the force is strong with whoever this rebel pilot is, but being told he's told by Boba Fett in the comics, Boba Fett is actually kind of a spy and he finds out that, that the, the, the one who was responsible for blowing up the death star was at, was named Skywalker. And mm-hmm. that flips a huge switch in Vader. Man, that would be a great show with Bubba Fett. <laughs> oh. like, I'm like, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also being serious. I would watch the hell out of that. You get no pushback from me. The motives of Vader, I think, aren't as clear as they need to be in Empire and Return of the Jedi. We've talked extensively about this and will in the future, but... There is so much there to plumb in terms of showing Anakin Skywalker and who Anakin actually is being enslaved, finding out that he has a son by the wife that he lost as Darth Vader. That that story writes itself, and there's very few properties out there that have that much potential. Just like that's on the page. I mean, just go with that and show it in the animation mm-hmm. all day long. Not only can you mimic James Earl Jones, but as you all know, Mark Hamill is one of the best voice performers in the world. And you can just do the whole cast. <laughs> he probably could. I've heard his Harrison Ford yeah. impersonation, and it's really <laughs> solid. <laughs> Anything else you want to see from... Uh, what are things worth building on? I'm talking a lot on uh, animation here. I love. I'm gonna push back a little bit uh, against you, Jeff. I, I love Darth Vader. Obviously, that's not that's no surprise. But um, I am. I'm pretty tired seeing. I'm pretty tired of seeing stories around these characters. Like sure. I, I'm. I'm ready to move on. I don't want to see younger versions of them anymore. I don't want to see 
connector moments. Can can I throw them. something out on that front? Because yeah, I because I absolutely agree with you. It's time for the old republic. And the animation... And I don't know anything about that, so... Or if you can't do it live action, then animation will be entirely fine. It's not... I For me, it's not that we don't want to see more Vader stories. It's that all we're getting is Star Wars stories in this 100 years of time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Blow open the universe. Sure. And give me some of this and give me some of that is where I'm at. Anyway. I, I unfortunately don't really know a lot of those stories, so I don't have a tremendous amount to contribute to that but i'd be fine with any of that but even just like him finding out about luke and more of those stories i'm just as much as i love mark hamill i'm, I'm ready to see them kind of let that stuff go i i would love to see more of darth vader but i would love to see more of darth vader yep not not rehashing the same pieces that we've already told yep like like kenobi the the one of the best things that happens in kenobi is the fight scene between vader and kenobi at the end and guess what we've already seen that fight scene (laughs) but we we've already seen them fight why why are we watching the exact same thing over and over again just in a different setting like let's tell other parts of these stories if we're gonna Mm -hmm. if we're going to have these people on screen again let's tell more of their stories let's find out like let's connect pieces together as opposed to showing something that happens in between that's just a rehash of old material yeah i i agree we we did an episode on that as as well but it's not just that they're just showing you another fight scene it's also that they're taking the ahsoka vader fight scene and just putting it with you know in live action with kenobi and vader right. and you're just like okay right. seriously it, yep. there's a difference between rhyme r- between rhymes which are part of star wars and just copy and pasting which is which is right. boring and you need to avoid that disney yep Yep. Lastly, Which for is me, ironic because Disney is famous for making films that just reuse animation cells. Like, isn't Robin Hood ninety percent <laughs> the cartoon? Isn't it like ninety percent drawings of characters from the Jungle Book? Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? Oh that, yeah, that's a thing? it is. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Dumbo. I've never put that All together. All use very similar. Yeah. You blew my mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my my kindergarten soul is going. Wait a second. <laughs> The snake the downs- and the snake are the same. Yeah, so is the bear. I know it. I mean, I you, yeah, you yeah. can go down the road. Where, Where's Shere the- Khan? We, I wanted to see Shere Khan in the Robin Hood Well, he, he didn't show he's up. He's sucking his thumb through 90% of the movie, but yeah, he was there. <laughs> is, is that who Shere Khan was? It's one of the downsides of, of one of my Skinnier. lifelong... One of the downsides of one of your lifelong friends being a... Uh, an animator with an animation degree it's uh, everything that you thought as a kid was the coolest thing in the world is just like <laughs> just gets holes punctured in it fair last thing for me is is that <laughs> alan minkin and stephen schwartz should do more star wars music man is that a possibility probably not possibility. <laughs> so interesting way to get to this but when i walked out of the batman i thought i'm in good hands they understand the world. I don't care about the character, apparently, walking <laughs> out. I didn't even care about the villains, although I thought the character and the villains were great. It was Gotham. They got Gotham right. How did? How have we not gotten Gotham right? They got Gotham right. And I was like, I'm super excited for them to make seven more of these things. They needed the right blend of Scotland and Chicago, <laughs> and they got it. <laughs> this is how I have felt with uh, both Tales of the Jedi and Andor, is that they understand the world. They understand the seriousness of the world. They understand the style of the world. They understand that innocent people get hurt. They understand that there are real stakes and that everybody involved knows that they might die tomorrow. That I mean, that's the whole crux of one entire episode of Andor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is that conversation. And they understand that it's about... I mean, the, in the background, they understand that Star Wars is a commentary through fantasy on what's taking place in American politics. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is a check on power, and that's the role of the artists in our society. And if they fail at that role, they fail history, 
they fail their place as human beings in a advanced culture like ours. You have to have the checks and balances or else, or else, you know, there's a reason that Hitler starts burning paintings and books. And silencing actors and comedians. This is the way, as it were, on a very hey. dark side. <laughs> Do, have, yeah. you, have either of you seen... Um, James Cameron did a, uh, I think it was on AMC, did a did a um, documentary on science fiction. And I know a couple days ago... Yeah, ag- Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I did see it. It's fantastic. He... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, right. Avatar. I uh, missed that Not one. Not Avatar, um, the science fiction thing. It's fantastic. Fine. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That's hilarious. Because um, I actually have an Avatar joke later that I was going to say in our conversation. But um, uh, where he talks to George Lucas and he talks about how Star Wars should be political. And Lucas says, well, it's always been political. Even when I did it, it was commenting on how America is kind of become the empire and what we're doing in Vietnam. I think this clip was going around Twitter the other day, Jeff. Did did you and I talk about this already? I didn't. Or? I didn't see the clip, but I am very familiar with the sort of stuff that Lucas believes on this front. If you want to see, it's just like a four-minute, really succinct, wonderful soundbite. The two of them talking about why Star Wars has to be political. Um, I saw it a co- I watched it again a couple of days ago and just thought, yeah, man, this is for as much shit as as people give George Lucas, myself included. I am. I am impressed by his bravery at the time he made those movies. If Lucas was in charge of the sequels, he would have told the story of post-Iraq landscape, and he would have had a character that would have been an Obama-style character who couldn't get anything done, and it would have been fascinating. I could easily pin that story, and it would have looked a lot like The Mandalorian. It will well, look think, like the desert, you know, western landscape. With Mon Mothma. Oh, I was just going to say, Mon that's Mothma. that's who she is, yeah. it feels like. In, in this, particularly with episodes, the seven, episodes seven and eight, you really see some of that with her. But um, and, I, and I feel like that just goes back to Lucas is willing to take those risks because he self-financed a lot of those films. Whereas right now I don't see Disney being willing to take big swings like that and, and talk about political things. Things I wish that they would, and I guess that goes into my thesis that I said earlier of in the next 10 years, I'd love to see them take some more risks, particularly these. We'll talk about that when we get to Andor. I'll bring up things that at least hit me as fairly progressive, and I say that with all the intention in the world of just saying there's some stuff that is part of the conversation that's there. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I, I hope it's the case that they are angered by contemporary politicians seeking to judge their, you know, their values. I hope they're offended. I hope it's the case that the boardroom, there's profanities being thrown down. And I hope it's the case that their bottom line is hurt because the government is doing things to make their bottom line hurt. I really hope that they're inspired to to say, I will show you what kind of power we have in this world if you really want to see you know disney has vastly more power than a state governor yeah that's yeah are they going to exercise it i think is is really a question but they have some it it does feel like it does feel like they will i'm really hopeful about that i was having a conversation yesterday with a friend not about star wars but just about disney where it does feel like they're starting to put more representation of different things in their films and take some more risks and and slowly maybe not as Maybe more slowly than they should be, but they are making steps towards some of these things. And I'm encouraged and willing to see what they do as opposed to just be like, well, traditionally they've done crappy whatever things. And it's like, right, but but it, that's this is now and it feels like they might change things. So I'd love to see more of that. Disney is in a unique position to be able to adapt slowly or like be upset about how slowly or whatever that's fine but but change with the times easier than i think politics allows politicians to absolutely and and so so disney can follow their audience whereas you you have a situation like disney being 
housed in a in a place where the 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 people deciding the politics of the area are are not looking to appeal to as wide of an audience as Disney is. Disney can change yeah. easier than politics can. In terms of the power in the entire world for changing things, I don't know that there's bigger levers than the people of Florida and the people of Georgia. It's it's yeah. a it's it's just how the dice have been rolled, but they're in the epicenter. They just they just are yeah. they're not in California. So yep. Right. Stacey Abrams is the president of the Federation, for God's <laughs> sakes. The least she can do, the least they can do is let her run Georgia. To, to wrap up this part of the discussion, the, for me, the best material of the last 10 years has been Rogue One, Siege of Mandalore, Andor, first season of Mandalorian, and this Tales of the Jedi. I These are the places for me that I would love for them to build. I think there's some great stuff in Solo. Visually speaking, Solo wins. The sequels win. The script is really what I think misses in the spirit. I, I want to say that Rogue One and Andor and Siege of Mandalore really catch good Star Wars in terms of its spirit. And I started by talking about like the Batman and understanding Gotham. I think you have to understand the world. We've talked about this yeah. in the past that you have to understand Middle Earth if you're going to make a Lord of the Rings film. Nobody mm -hmm. cares about hobbits going to New York. Nobody cares about, you know, uh, Aragorn being thrown into the Star Trek universe or something like that. Like the the world is what matters in my mind. And you got to you got to get the world. I think that for me, and or Tales of the Jedi do a stellar job of grabbing hold of this is what the world looks like. I think Rogue One does. I think Siege of Mandalore does. I think Boba Fett misses it because it's just playing with toys in the sandbox. I think that Kenobi <laughs> misses it because it's, 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 again, the Rolling Stones on stage playing the hits, you know. And I think the sequels miss it because for all the reasons that we've kind of said, there's just not an understanding of this the soul of this property mm -hmm. i have Agreed. nothing to contribute to that i i agree completely <laughs> <laughs> that my friends will be a unique uh we all vote for y'all need to figure out the soul of star wars there's a really good chance that we're going to be sitting here talking for like six hours and that might be the only time that we all agree <laughs> i remember hearing leonard nimoy talk about bad Star Trek and good Star Trek. And he knew. You know, there's times where you just say, this is how this goes. And sometimes when your properties, especially these, you know, these sorts of properties, Marvel and Star Wars, Star Trek and all the rest, eventually you get to the spot where you're like, you're making lists. This was a trash movie. This was amazing. And we're hoping for, for amazing. And With Star Trek, it's that the odd ones are bad and the even ones are good. That's how those films shook out. Yep. We can have our Beethoven discussion again. <laughs> I love this. This is one of my favorite. I mentioned this before. Charles Grodin was great in that movie. Yeah, that's what. See, that's what you said before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the composer. Also, not for nothing, I would watch the shit out of the Hobbits take New York. Just, <laughs> I didn't want to say that then because you were making a you're making a good point. But in my head, I was like, oh my god, I would love to watch that. <laughs> They can join Arnold Schwarzenegger's Hercules. Uh, and the Muppets. <laughs> so, I mean, all of these. More importantly. Mashup. Actually, the, the Muppets in New York is fantastic. It's the first uh, film Frank Oz directed <gasps> on his own. No, is that right? Yep. What is, the, what is the line from the end of the Muppet movie in terms of the contract? In, in New York? Or that's Orson in the Wells original, the isn't it? Muppet <laughs> movie had presents to the Muppets the standard rich and famous contract. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, this, it's, it's funny how this is a tangent, but it is so interesting just because Disney now controls the Muppets and it's been longer than it's been longer than 10 years, but it has been so interesting to see that property um, totally flounder. Yeah. I was trying flounder. to think of something nice, but uh, I've been watching the, uh, cause it's on Disney plus the, um, 
Did you watch the Halloween one? The Halloween one was fun. The Haunted Mansion one is a lot of fun, just because I love Gonzo so much. Um, he, but no, the a couple of years ago, ABC tried to do the like documentary Muppets show. <clears throat> it's not great, but I've been watching it just like at night before I go to bed, just to have something to kind of wind down on, and it's fun. But it just, it's everything we're talking about with Star Wars. It doesn't feel like the world. It doesn't feel like the characters i don't know what the hell's going on most of these guys are still alive why are you not involving these original muppet performers yeah it feels an awful lot like somebody trying to imitate the muppets but but their only real work history is 30 rock right which is awesome but only 30 rock only works in 30 rock and the muppets only work for the muppets so i just i don't know what's going on there it's there are some times where you're like why can't you just paint the ceiling of this church? It's just painting a ceiling of a church. Michelangelo did it. I, why can't Everybody else bit it out at two days. What are you doing wrong? Um, I, uh, for for me, uh, Jim Henson's a top ten artist of the twentieth century, and and you can see it by the fact that people can't do what he did. Right. The story's already been told of Mr. Rogers. I'm super hopeful that somebody does the drama for Jim Henson because I bet you there are cutting beauties there in terms of... I think, and I think the documentaries work better for that, honestly. Like, yeah. there was that documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, about Mr. Rogers that's yeah. gorgeous. The, the Tom Hanks movie is fine. The Tom right. Hanks movie is not about Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is a lens that they view the rest of the world in that film in, and it's fine, but it wasn't really a movie about Fred Rogers. Agreed. Tangent. <laughs> uh, I suppose last thing to ra- wrap up our uh, what's the future of Star Wars look like now that we have something to be hopeful for as sports fans. You know, our team might be on, uh, have the right coach, have uh, some players worth building on. I feel like that's oh, yeah. where we're at. That's, a, that's totally where I'm at. Last thing for me was, and we'll talk more about this when we get into Andor, is Dan Gilroy maybe the best person who's ever written Star Wars dialogue. I um, agree. I I'm love me some Kasdan. And like Empire Strikes Back is part of my soul. I when I started writing down memorable quotes in preparation for our podcast on Andor, it just it kept going just over and over again. I'm like, this is striking. This is striking. And he's not doing it with cliches. He's not doing it with rhymes. He's doing it with a full understanding of how the world works and giving new language to it so that you're like, oh, he's like deconstructing Star Wars in the moment. And when he deconstructs, it like pulls you further in because he doesn't use the word rebellion until one moment and then he moves on. He's like, he's like talking about it in other ways. He never uses the word separatists, but it's clearly there. And he's, and there's so much to just the language. Give me somebody. This was the only problem I think George Lucas had is George Lucas could not work, write dialogue. And if he had been able to, it would have blown everything open. But Gilroy is like, man, lock that guy down with a dump truck full of money. Yeah, that, seriously, like, I agree. Yeah, like the that would be the investment. If I'm like the with the CEO, if I'm the uh, general manager of the sports club, as it were, those are the men. Uh, the Kathleen Kennedy, if you will, Jerry Buss, if you want to go with sports. <laughs> Kathleen, please listen. You gotta. You gotta. Oh, hear. she listens. Well, okay, I'm sure she. I want. I want to <laughs> slightly agree, but also push back a little Do bit. It. Because I, I think the the brothers Gilroy yeah. and Dave Filoni are too many people. <laughs> like it, it's so it's it's Tony Gilroy, Dan Gilroy who who wrote several episodes, uh, Stephen Gilroy I think I don't I don't know. There's a, at least a third brother. There's there's several Gilroy brothers that are all attached to Andor. And Dave Filoni is overseeing the, the animation, and it's like like the, it's it's still too many voices at the table for me like like no teamwork there everybody's got i'm fine with teamwork i'm fine with teamwork but these 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 factions represent very different perspectives i think 
and and like like Tony Gilroy has said that like he 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 has no allegiance to the fanboys, which yeah. I think is great, and also we need someone like if Tony Gilroy and Dave Filoni are the ones driving the bus, and and it's just the two of them, and and Dan Gilroy is writing all the dialogue for them. I'm I'm okay with that, but. Like they, a, th- you were, you were naturally much more hopeful than I am this as a person, <laughs> and so I look at this and I say, "This could be bad." You look at this and you say, "They're heading in the right direction." And I, so, no, I think this this is correct. I think uh, to use an illustration from a business book, you, you gotta get everybody on the bus, and then everybody has to have the right seat. Right, Filoni needs to be the orchestrator of the universe. That, that's a terrible only one person drives the bus that's a terrible metaphor what do you mean well, it, it, just adapt the metaphor nobody Imagine on the a bus, kind d- of has bus. A, I don't get on a bus and participate in the bus getting where it's meant to go that's a terrible business in, metaphor imagine it's a it's a bus with a co-pilot <laughs> and assigned seats still two and people every seat has a job oh, that's stupid uh, it's a bus with oars um, oh so it's a viking slave ship great that's, I'd love go. to be yeah. on that a Viking slave bus. <laughs> thank you very much. Let, let's get to. Uh, let me think of a more appropriate. I would watch that, that. By the way, just just this is ours right now. Just it's, to say, Viking slave bus. We own it. <laughs> it's a soccer team. You've watched uh, Ted Lasso. Only one person should be the goalie, and he's the guy who can use his hands. How yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah. As it were, like Feige orchestrates the Marvel universe. This is a fantastic model. I think everybody is like saying. We're figuring out how, how to do, do this. We're figuring out how to have universes. And you have to have the guy who, when he was five, invested his entire soul in the property and has breathed it and knows it and and has leadership abilities and all the rest. And they they clearly have the only disciple of George Lucas, and he's really good at this, and he should be the driver. And until he fails, I'm like I'm all in on Filoni. And Filoni says to the Gilroy brothers, "How there might be twelve of them? Here's here's what there's, we're creating. There's me. three. I just looked them up: <laughs> Dan, Tony, and John. John is an editor on the show. John. Okay, I thought it was Stephen. Good for us. We're gonna knock out three episodes today. Bad for our listeners that uh, we're gonna release these one at a one a week because." The, if if we were just to throw down three episodes, this would be problematic. Um, we I only release every it. once a month right now. So, or actually, I mean, I, as a I, maybe I should rethink this. I really like it when seasons just say, "Here's our whole season all at once." I don't with podcasts because it's easy for me to get behind, but that might just be me. Well, that's what I got. You got y'all got your final thoughts before we wrap up in terms of. Uh, what you're hoping to build on for the next ten years? I, I want to build a little bit on on the comments about like like we've said this over and over again. Get get one person who's the make or break. Like this, the buck stops here. The like I get final say so. Get that one person. Get the Kevin Feige. Get get all that. I I I understand that there are arguments against that, especially when you consider the track record of Kevin Feige and the, some of the problems that we had in the initial building of the MCU and blah blah blah. All that stuff. I'm 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 versed on that and I understand it and and the thing that stands out to me is that that Kevin Feige is in charge of the MCU and you are not and we're going <laughs> with his vision and he's the one who takes on all of the things and he's the one who makes decisions that are unpopular and he's the one that lets things happen that other people aren't going to like and Star Wars and Disney and basically everyone needs to stop trying to please everyone stop trying to please the fanboys stop trying to please like you just plain can't do it all make good media and one person needs to be the decider i I would love to build on that oh man i agree so much with that i think that disney and kennedy don't actually understand nor have affection for or real like they're not in camaraderie with the fanboys. Yeah. Filoni walks into a room of Star Wars fans and is immediately one of the folks. But they're not trying to 
please those actual fans. They're trying to appease assholes on Twitter. They're yeah. trying to not get exactly. those angry tweets. Start ignoring those exactly. dickheads yeah. and start paying attention to people who actually care about the property. And even though, to go back to our sports metaphor, even though we're routinely disappointed by the team, we're still tuning into the games. Make Star Wars for those people, not a bunch of people who are pissed off that you have black Jedi. Half of the comments <clears throat> on Twitter are Russian bots anyway. Move on. Not a good place right. to crowdsource. Twitter is an awful right. place to get your information in general. Yeah. Let that sink in. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see what you did there. That was a great joke. Right. That's how that joke would have worked. But if I had like brought a sink in from my living room. You, were, you executed that joke with professionality, class, and then high aptitude of intelligence as opposed to the other guy. Look, all I can say is comedy is back on Twitter, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to be slightly more hopeful than I normally am, I, I think what I just would like to see more going forward is I really am excited to be excited about Star Wars again in, in a way mm -hmm. that I felt <clears throat> am feeling watching Andor. It's it's fun to feel like I felt. I remember just it was like the gr Friday night was the greatest night in the world because we would go rent a Star Wars movie, one of the three Star Wars films from Hastings. Like I just remember that excitement, and obviously nothing's ever going to be that again. But the the excitement I'm feeling during Andor is is I guess the adult version of that, and I'm just excited for that as opposed to kind of go. All right, well here we go. I'm gonna click play on another Star Wars thing. I'm, ex I'm excited for that to change. I'm going to end with agreement there as well. I'm, uh, as opposed to our last episode, I am surprisingly, shockingly hopeful all of a sudden. And, and obviously putting as much time as we have into to this, this world, you know, that, that feels real good. So, And as the outsider here, I'll say, meh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't think that's undif indifferent than what we're saying, though. It's like you, you can be hopeful but cautious. Like I think that's, I think that's wise. Speaking like of all bad relationships, we've been hurt before, <laughs> but I'm excited to try again. I am cautiously optimistic to to quote one Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> having. 20 years of uh, being in a place where you're like, what, what is going on here? Uh, I think that's probably the wise move. You know what another mm -hmm. wise move is, Daniel? I do not. Giving us stars on, on uh, iTunes or Spotify. This is always a worthy, <laughs> wise investment of two seconds of your time. You were just getting so good at that segue. That was nice. A few things would be more into to us than you simply sharing this on your social media or giving us stars. Uh, we, we have a very small listening audience presently, but we invest a ton of energy, time, and money in, in making this happen. And uh, you, are, you are our only hope, dear listener. Just open your podcast app and hit the thing. It's, it don't, you don't even need to do all this other. Just, just push the button. <laughs> the only way that we end up uh, surviving is through the passion of people who actually love the content that we're producing so any shares are deeply appreciated music here is of course by john williams samuel kim ludwig goritzid the great kevin kiner and now we can add nicholas uh brittle who fantastic music going on in andor yeah oh my goodness all star wars material is of course the created by the phenomenal artists at lucasfilm and you can always connect with us on the Twitter, which we've disparaged extensively today. But it's been saved now, so it'll be great. <laughs> Either that or we've been kicked off now. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's he's getting rid of censoring, right? Yeah, they're not kicking anybody off. Okay, anything else snarky to say there, TJ? I don't think so. <laughs> How about you, Mothershed? I'm good. He's Daniel Mothershed. The right question is, how much time do we have to get out of here? And I'm Jeff Cook. Why would I go anywhere with you? <laughs>
I, I really need to prep this beforehand, but it's so <laughs> difficult because I don't know where we're going. Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? And you want to know, want to know why, Daniel? <laughs> because this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. You're listening to the Grand Army of the Republic broadcast, the voice of the Outer Rim.